Hi, sexy listeners. I'm Dr. Tammy. Welcome to The Trouble with Sex. I'm absolutely thrilled today to welcome our guest, Dr. Evan Goldstein. Dr. Goldstein is a nationally renowned surgeon and the founder and CEO of Bespoke Surgical. It's the leading private practice specializing in an elite standard of sexual health and wellness care for the LGBTQ plus in New York City. He's also the co-founder of Future Method, which is an innovative sex care brand that's the result of his years of experience working with his clients and understanding the sexual needs of a wide spectrum of sexualities. Dr. Evan has extensive experience educating people on healthcare issues relating to both the LGBTQ plus community and mainstream audiences. He was named one of New York City's top LGBTQ plus business leaders by Cranes New York. We are supported by Uber Lube. Did you know that lube doesn't just help with dryness? Eliminating friction enhances pleasure. As a sex therapist, I get asked about lubricants all the time. And one of my all-time favorites for solo and partner play is Uber Lube. Uber Lube is simple, sexy, smooth. It's never sticky and a little goes a long, long way. It reduces friction while naturally heightening sensation. There's no harmful parabens, no glycerin, and best of all, Uber Lube has no scent or taste. Go to uberlube.com, use the promo code Dr. Tammy. That's D-R-T-A-M-M-Y for 10% off plus free shipping anywhere in the U.S. That's uberlube, U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E.com, promo code Dr. Tammy, and get yourself some uberlube today. I am thrilled to have you, Dr. Goldstein. Thank you so much for being here today at The Trouble With Sex. Oh, no, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So what's up? You want to talk about ass? <laughs> I do. First, I want to ask you, do you really like being called Dr. Asshole? Or is that like, I don't, <laughs> what is I don't that? really care. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been called so many things. It's, it's all good. I respond to anything at this point. <laughs> well, I mean, it's really a compliment. You have been a lifesaver for a lot of people that suffer from a lot of problems with that particular area of their anatomy. And, you know, I know because I sent a friend of mine to you who was having a lot of problems in, you know, the whole anal area and couldn't have the sex that he wanted. And I got to say, you saved him. I, I, I'm so grateful to you. No, I, I thank you for, for thinking of me and sending him. You know, it, it's so crazy that the world has not adapted to the way people engage sexually. You know, it's, it's a fault of the medical providers before me. It's a fault of society. With that said, people should be engaging in the sex that they want, and they should have medical providers support that, whatever it is. And, you know, I'm glad that... I'm here doing what I'm doing every day. You know, you make such an impact in the lives of gay men and, you know, and you, you know, the importance of treating that part of the anatomy, just like a gynecologist would treat a vagina. I mean, it's just as important. A hundred percent. I mean, and that was where I, I felt that there was a huge lack in medical care. You know, I was trained at Maimonides and then I was actually wanting to go into heart surgery. And then I I absolutely hated it. And I kept thinking to myself, what can I do now that I'm 
out gay part of the community. And I just realized that nobody was providing the care that I thought was necessary, you know, and I don't, I, I fault people, but the way that they were trained was if you're shitting, it's fine, right? <laughs> Who cares how it looks? Who cares how, you know, if you're pooping and you're living life, like rock on, do your thing. But the reality is, is that, and it's not only a gay thing, right? I mean, it's everybody that has an asshole, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody that wants to use it in a different way. And with that said, I started to say, well, wait a second, who, where did these people go if they're having an issue? And the reality is, is that they didn't have anywhere to go. Nowhere. And, and it was crazy. And I see people from all over the world that you would think that London, Abu Dhabi, you would think that all these places of like, well, wait a second, how do they not have somebody that attends to this part? And, and it's, it's such a disaster. And so I'm glad that I am doing this. Obviously, we've been pioneering here for about 10 years and really learned a lot from how people are engaging sexually. And I just hope that other providers will start integrating what we do into their practices so that, you know, they can take the load literally off of me a little bit. <laughs> well, I mean, it's so important because there's so many pleasure centers around the anus. And, you know, it's not just, like you said, it's not just gay men. I mean, straight people have anal sex and anal play. And, you know, there's so many emotional and psychological issues around that and shame and guilt. And we store so much tension there and anxiety. I can imagine that all kinds of problems are happening down there. (laughs) A hundred percent. I mean, you know, the ass is like, you know, the final frontier of taboo <laughs> and shame, you know, it's like, it's still, I mean, you know, and, and I have kids and, you know, they fart and, and everyone giggles still, you know, and it's just like winds up being this thing that society has said, you know, stay away. It's dirty. Uh, things are not meant to go in that direction. And it's only for a one-way, you know, valve per se. You know, I think in, all of us, there's so many nerve endings that are so pleasurable in the area. And yes, in men, prostate and the use of anal play really stimulates people's prostates to the point where they have ridiculously amazing orgasms. And that's the reason why people love anal. But if you don't want penetrative, you can have external and rimming and playing and all of these things with toys and other aspects that you can really really stimulate so much for you. And and I feel bad that people don't go beyond that frontier to, to really explore because there's so many amazing benefits for not only you, but all your partners that are seeking all these pleasures. So I have so many questions. (laughs) Ask away. away. Because, you know, we want some pro tips for our listeners from, you know, the doc, the, you know, the anal doc and like how to do it well if you do want to tiptoe into anal sex and how to avoid any potential damage and do it with less pain. And then I also want some stories. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want a story? Oh, my goodness. I'll tell you a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I think start wherever you feel, want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll start with, I'll start. People feel as if anal sex is, should be painful or that bleeding is normal. Ooh, no, and and no, those no. are all myths, right? It shouldn't be bloody. There shouldn't be pain. Yes, when you're originally you know, starting, there is going to be some discomfort. But the key is for people to understand that you can't go from 
nothing to something big. It doesn't work like that. Your ass is contracted 99.9% of the day. It doesn't know actually how to relax in the right way. And neurologically, there's so much, you know, I tell people I'm always 60, 40, 60% of it is actually functional work that I do. And then 40% is psychological of like, how do you train the mind to relax in situations? How do you work with all of the different muscles that are there? And I think if you're a newbie and want to engage and start to get into anal play, you need to start understanding your anatomy. So I think it's understanding that sex itself is not overtly complicated. It's skin and it's muscle. How are you going to get the skin to fully relax? How are you going to get that muscle to relax underneath that? Everybody has three sets of muscles. If you squeeze your ass right now, you're squeezing two out of the three muscles. The third muscle is you don't really have much control over. And that's the one that people get quite frustrated on, where they're like, I'm trying to relax and it just won't go in. And so if someone comes to me in the office, I say, okay, it's at least six weeks of using toys learning anatomy, and starting to build the strength and the relaxation to actually take what you want. The skin, especially in females, the skin is so thin in that area. And so the key is with using toys, you're creating friction in in line with the skin that now the skin is going to toughen up. And I tell people, it's like you and I going to the gym. If we're lifting weights, we get calluses from the bar on our hands. Same concept. If you're using a toy periodically, what's going to happen is that skin is going to start getting tougher and tougher because the pressures of sex are much greater than shitting. So we need to work with the skin and also work with the muscle. And what you'll do is you'll, you know, just going in and I, on my website, bespokesurgical.com, there's a lot of information, not only in kind of like shopping different toys that work with it, but also the protocol that I tell people. And it's using a small butt plug, literally two to three times a week, give me two sets of 12, just like going to the gym. (laughs) I tell people to do it in the shower when they're really relaxed, water-based lubricants, because they're easy to wash off. And literally just going in until you'll hit resistance, come back out, do it again. And each time you'll just push in a little bit further. If it's painful, stop for the day. Enough. Great. Take a couple of days off, do it again. And you'll start to see that the small toy will really go in quite easily after about a week or two. Then you'll go into the small toy into the medium and slowly start working. And then as you're doing this, you'll kind of learn how to control the pelvic floor. Like, oh, if I'm pushing in with the toy and I'm actually breathing out kind of a yoga breath, I'm able to now fully relax the pelvic floor. And you start to learn what works for you as it relates to it. With that, it should be pleasurable. You should be able to kind of get off and feel sexy with it. It takes time, a lot of lube, no bleeding, no pain. Hmm. And then I say like, okay, let's say you're getting the medium to large size and you're ready. Say tonight's the night. I'm letting my husband in, my partner, whomever. Use the toys as foreplay. Bring it into your sex play. Really choose positions that even if you want to be submissive, that you're in control. So literally sit on 
someone. You're in control, navigating what works, what doesn't. And then as you start to kind of really understand the mechanics, you can start bringing in more complicated positions, making sure that you understand and your and your partner understands like, okay, we're going to make sure that we're doing it safely, not painfully. And don't get discouraged if things don't work out the first couple of times. It's, it's, it's a new breed, right? And it's literally just learning a, a completely new art. The bottoms, the people that take whatever, whenever, they do it all the time. They're experts. And they do it all yeah. the time. And they're really good at it. Yeah, they uh, learn so it how to do time, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so it takes time to really get there. And, and I think the other thing I, I tell people is if you're doing these things and there is pain or there is bleeding and it's persisting, stop, come to see someone like me. Sometimes there's extra skin tags that are there. There's hemorrhoids. There's these things called fissures, which are tears. There's things that cause way too much friction when you're starting to engage and those things limit you. And, mm-hmm. and, and no matter what you do as a preventative approach by taking your time, something probably needs to be done that I need to do in the operating room to get you into a good space so that you can bottom correctly. So where do you stand on enemas? So over the last 10 years, I started to see people coming to me over and over with issues from enemas. Really? So, so I think a couple of things. One is enemas themselves are really used for constipation. Meaning I'm constipated once every three to four years. Great. Stick an enema up your ass and get yourself cleaned out. From a, from a sex perspective, the reality is, is that if you're having a good diet, fiber supplementation, and I really like nighttime fiber with a ton of water because most people shit the next morning and it gets things going. If you're doing all those things, the reality is most people don't need to douche. Now, Prove it to yourself. Use a toy on your own. Don't clean yourself out. I bet you nine times out of 10, you're going to be clean. Now, from seeing 75 people a week and doing 15 surgeries a week, I've seen a lot of damage from people using water or using enemas to clean themselves out. And specifically in the gay community, a lot of people use a shower hose, which is an adapter that goes, and it's very hard to control the pressure. And water is quite toxic. What you're doing is you're getting rid of the microbiome. The area that is protecting you is now being washed away. And STDs, HIV, uh, herpes, all of these things, fissures can come from actually over douching. Now, I started a company called Future Method. Uh, You mentioned it before. It's been an amazing ride because we'd taken from the surgical practice and looked and said, well, wait a second, why aren't there products to support how we all engage? And I couldn't believe that in, you know, 2000, that there's nothing out there that's beneficial for us because no matter what I say, no matter what you say, people still want to clean out. They want to feel clean. They want to feel sexy. And the pressures of ourselves and the pressures of society win. So if that's the case, why not provide a a solution for the problem? And that was our first product that we launched with, which is a future method anal douche or cleansing system. And it's basically trying to teach people the methodology of less is more. So the bulbs are much smaller because if you're doing it, I don't want you to do it 
crazily you don't too want to much. Just flush out with like a fire hydrant of water. That's right. And and the reality is, is that from an anatomy perspective, where cock and toys are going to go is actually clean. The shit is way higher. So I started to see people using these bulbs that are so big, and then they're like, oh. I cleaned twice, I'm clean. I just want to do one more time and then there's shit all over the place. And yeah, because it went up way higher than you needed to go. So our bulbs are much smaller, but also the solution is not toxic. Mm. So it's pH balanced, it's appropriate, it's what's called isotonic. So it comes into contact with the cell, it cleans that, but it doesn't disrupt Mm -hmm. any of the area in that. Is it moisturizing? Is it like good for you? Yeah, it's right. Soothing. A lot of people do it before sex. Some Mm -hmm. people even do it after Mm -hmm. to kind of clean out, but also soothe that area. There's so many ingredients that are specifically designed for making sure that everybody's asshole is perfect. (laughs) No wonder they call you Dr. Asshole. (laughs) I I get it now. So let me me ask you a couple questions. First, I want to ask you, The same question I ask all my guests, which is, what do you think is the biggest trouble with sex today? I think the lack of education Mm. is number one. I think that the biggest problem that I have in 2021 is that people view credibility with how many followers you have. Oh, God, yeah. Such a good point. So, So what I see out there is so much misinformation and we have so many young people that are going to all of these social media platforms for education and there's no regulation as it relates to appropriate sexual health and wellness. Mm -hmm. And that is the biggest struggle for me, which is how do we work together to partner with like doctors and these followers and these social media stars to say, well, wait a second, no, what you're saying may work for you, but is not founded in scientific principle at all. Right. Just because you say you're like a coach, probably. That's right. You probably don't want to put that hamster up there because it probably isn't a good idea. (laughs) That's right. That's right. And I think that that's where it becomes very difficult for me, which is, you know, and that's why I, I thank you for having me. And I'm trying to push more on the popular press because we want to hold everybody accountable for all of this education. And the reality is, is that that's the thing that I think is lacking the most. Well, and especially, you know, in different parts of the country, like I'm in LA and, you know, the big thing, and I know you do this, so I want to know where you stand on this. Like, what is the deal with anal bleaching? Like, why do we have to have our anus bleach to match all the porn stars? Why is that a thing? Can we just sun it and like let it get a little air? (laughs) I think that, you know, I get asked that all the time. And I think it's a double-edged sword, right? You know, what I do creates people's perceptions also of like, well, wait a second, are we putting such stigma on asses? And am I kind of playing into that? And I really kind of pull myself into, well, people come to me because of their issues. And if they're not feeling sexy... Uh, or they can't use it the way that they want to. I'm a vehicle to support what they want. Now, if somebody wants it tattooed, I know somebody that does it. If somebody wants it bleached, uh, we can do it. I think the key is, is that you're right, porn, and I work with a lot of porn stars, people have, you know, this like, holy shit, I want my ass to look exactly like that. And there's, and it's so funny because someone came into the office the other day. I don't know if you saw Halston. It's the, it's a show on Netflix. Anyhow, uh, Ewan McGregor is getting fucked with so ridiculously up the ass and his, he is so happy. Okay. And so 
two clients came in and was like, I need, I need you to fix my ass because I need to look like that <laughs> when I am getting fucked. And you start to say, you know, you, you say, I, you can't make it up. You know, it's like, okay, I'll try. I mean, it's what I'm going to do. So bleaching, I use a lot of bleaching for post-surgical scarring. Okay, that so makes So people sense. come to me, you know, people come to me all the time from other surgeons or even my own where the scarring happens, right? And the key is, okay, how do I really blend that in? Whether it's through microneedling, whether it's through lasering or bleaching. So a lot of it is that. I also think that it's where the sun doesn't shine. So some people's, you know, complexions, it's, it's darker there. And we, a lot of people are using wet wipes, which I can't stand. They're terrible for you. So please stay away from them. Oh, I didn't know these that. companies are pushing them because they make so much money, but I see so many people come to me with herpes outbreaks with wart disease. I see them come with so much irritation from them. So stay wait, away. Wait, wait a the, minute. Wet wipes give you herpes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that. well, you know, most of us have herpes, um, right. You know, we get cold sores here, um, especially in the, you know, people into the anal world, they're licking, they're playing. So a lot of people have a herpes type one back there, mm -hmm. but it's usually dormant. The body fights it and keeps it a bay. But when you're using wet wipes, there's so much inflammation and irritation oh. that now people can get an outbreak. So, you know, obviously it's terrible for the environment. I push you know, a lot with uh, bidets. And I work closely with a company called Tushy that I love. It's super cheap. It's like 80 bucks for a simple bidet that goes on your existing toilet. I and, want a bidet? Oh, I'll we'll get you one, Dan. <laughs> I will send you one. It's like oh 80 God. bucks. And, it, and it, it just takes away the issue. Everyone has this phobia of shit. They want to be so clean. And so then they overwipe, it causes damage. They use these wet wipes. So the key is- And like you, you said, know, women have very thin tissue there. That's right. <laughs> women do have very thin tissue. And I, I do a lot of trans from male to female. And when they're on the hormones, I see so much change in their skin texture. And I have to kind of change what I'm doing to make sure that it's suitable for where they, who they are and where they want to be. Mm, that makes sense. I know postmenopausal, you know, it's same, same thing. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So when we come back after a word from our sponsor, I, I, we have a question from a listener, but I want a story. <laughs> <laughs> I want like the weirdest thing you've ever taken out of someone's ass. <laughs> I'll give, I'll give you a story. We'll be right back. People ask me all the time, how do you have a relationship that works? Check out my book, Open Monogamy, co-creating your ideal relationship agreement. Open Monogamy is for people who have a primary or central relationship or a partnership, but they want a more flexible or fluid agreement. I interviewed over 40 couples and their stories will guide you to create your relationship agreement in a flexible, fluid, and transparent way that works for your particular relationship. You'll find all kinds of exercises in the book to start a conversation, to work through problems and conflicts, and find a relationship agreement that works for both of you. On sale now, go to openmonogamy.com, Amazon, or Sounds True Publishing, or anywhere books are sold.
Dr. Evan, affectionately Dr. Asshole, tell us the weirdest thing ever taken out of someone's ass. <laughs> oh, I have two stories. What I, one I didn't take out of his ass, but it's just a, it's an unbelievable story. And I write, I blog a lot on Medium. It's under DR Evan. And every week or every other week, I usually post like either a PSA or a story. And so you could see of like clients coming in with just ridiculous stories. So <laughs> one guy... One of my clients was telling me that he was hooking up with a, a friend, uh, male to male, uh, hooking up with a dear friend, and uh, they were using drugs as enhancements, and they had, were having a really fun time. And uh, he wakes up in the morning, and he like he just feels something like not right, and he's like, "God, I, I don't remember anything." in the nighttime. And so he turned to his friend and he woke him up and says, what, what, what's going on? My, my belly's hurting me. He says, God, he's like all night long when we were having sex, you kept asking me to shove a pool ball up <gasps> your ass. Oh no, 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 no. He said, you know, and, and I did it. He's like, and I've done it before. I was like, okay, fine. You want to do it? No problem. So he said he he shoved a pool ball <laughs> oh up his ass. Oh and God. and so then my question was, of course, like, well, which one? Was it stripes or solids? <laughs> or like, I wanted to know. Was it the eight ball? I mean, he said that he woke up and he's like, oh, my God. So he runs to the bathroom and he tries to shit it out and it won't come out. Oh I mean, it's God. like, you know, it won't come out. So he goes back, he wakes his friend up again. And he says, he says, dude, I can't get this thing out of my ass. Like, what, what do I do? He's like, oh, just take some lube put it up there and just give one really, really good push. And he was staying at his friend's apartment. So he goes back to the bathroom and he's like squatting on top of the toilet and he gives a good thrust. And not only does one pool ball come out, two <laughs> pool balls come out of his ass, but hold on a second. It breaks the porcelain <gasps> on the toilet and starts leaking all over the place, right? Now, my client is pissed at his friend. Like, even if I'm so messed up on drugs, like don't shove a pool ball up my ass. <laughs> much less so, two. <laughs> much less two. So he said before he, he didn't wake him up again. He said he flushed the toilet and left the apartment. And the next, in like two hours, he gets a call that his apartment and the downstairs apartment was flooded because <laughs> he hit the thing. Is that awesome? My I thought God. it was a great story. So he never told you if they were st- they were solids or straight. He actually he he he's he's not from the United States. So then he told me that they're actually snooker balls. And I said, Oh, those are a little bit smaller than, than a real thank pool God. Ball. Thank God. And then he 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 told me that he does remember it being, he thinks, a number five. <laughs> is that unbelievable? Oh, unbelievable. Okay, this is a warning. Do not try this at home. <laughs> oh my God. Or yes, do not try that at home because that's that's really crazy. And then I had a sad story when I was training a guy, unfortunately, wound up getting uh, raped, was a victim of drug abuse at at a big party. And uh, they he wound up being taken advantage of, came to the hospital and he had terrible, terrible pain. I took a oh, picture, God. an x-ray, and it looked like uh, a right guard can, you know, oh, like the, the yes. things. Like so I took him to the operating. I, I know I took him to the operating room. He's so much pain. And once you go under anesthesia, the muscles relax. That I was able to grab and pull. It was not a right guard can. It wound up being a butane <gasps> lighter. Oh, that's re- horrifying! Replacement. Oh, it was so terrible. But when he woke up, he was like 
he was just the happiest person in the world. He was just so appreciative, you know, of what we were doing. But the thing is, is, you know, anything, and, and this is one thing that I think sex toy makers fail to do is they need to put a rope or a string, or they need to, obviously this kid wound up being a terrible situation, but with sex toys, I see so many people coming with sex toys that get sucked up into up high and you can't get them out. Some people actually have to go for surgery where you cut open and have to take it out. <gasps> oh, this through is the colon. horrible. It's terrible. So you just got to be careful when you're buying toys or using toys, really make sure that you're able to control it, that you're always able to control it or tie a string to it. So if it goes up high, you're able to pull it out or call me and I'll get it. Oh my God. So (laughs) just so we have a disclaimer before we move to a, (laughs) before we move to a question from a listener, because these are emergency situations. What is one pro tip you have? If you do get something stuck up there, like to relax and to try to get something out of you. If you do. Yeah. So people don't panic after listening to this. That's right. I think the thing is, is that, the problem I see is that people do panic and they try to get it out themselves and they keep pushing it higher Uh. and higher up there. So I think the best thing really is actually to say, okay, you know, if I'm doing this, where's the nearest proctologist or someone that can help me navigate this and don't constantly push it up. You know, this is not like the vagina where you know, the vaginal cavity and, and all the way up, you, you have room. And, and if you kind of maneuver it in a certain way, sometimes it comes out. The ass, the muscles are there. And once it goes way higher, you can't get it. So I think you can try to give a little bit of a push. You could kind of use what's called a lube shooter, where you're putting a little bit of lube up there to try to see. But if you're not really getting to where you need to be, then stop and just call someone to really see where, where it is and how do we get it out safely. Okay, good. And that's good suggestion. So you can avoid infection and organ yeah, problems, totally. all kinds of stuff. Very important. And it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And, and it's embarrassing to go to the emergency room and of people course. stand around and make fun of you and <laughs> I know, tell I know. stories no, on podcasts. No. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. And we're sending love to all those poor men who might have had those poor, mm, poor babies. <laughs> okay, so let's protect your asshole and be kind to it. Always tie a string around <laughs> around your sex toy. And don't put anything in your ass that's not meant to go in there. For God's sake, please follow the good advice of Dr. Evan. Okay, so now <laughs> we have a question from a listener sure. uh, from Bob. I've had chronic problems with hemorrhoids since giving – oh, and this is not from Bob. <laughs> this is from Roberta. I've had chronic problems with hemorrhoids since giving birth to my last child seven years ago. My husband is interested in anal play, but I'm terrified. What can I do to cure my hemorrhoids so I can be more open and explore our sex life? Got it. So I see a lot of women, especially postpartum and post-pregnancy. Unfortunately, most of the time we need to do a surgical removal Mm. of the hemorrhoid or the extra skin that's there. Mm -hmm. Usually, first of all, a lot of these women do not, the hygiene is not great. They overwipe. The skin tag causes irritation, whether it's just the living, Peloton, working out, all that stuff, let alone now if you start introducing toys. So I usually say, if you're not convinced that you need a surgical removal, either because of functional issues or aesthetic issues, start trying uh, the program, you know, the protocol that you can see on our website, the bespoke surgical website, you know, start dilating, start using toys, see if it actually gets irritated. What you'll notice is that a lot of times sex helps hemorrhoids, 
because the muscle is what's keeping the hemorrhoids quite irritated. People are way too tight. We're now zooming all the time. So your muscles are contracted more so than usual. Wait, zoom um, cause, causes anal contraction? Well, most people are sitting down now most of the day. It's true. You know, my ass hurts so much. That's my ass right, and my you know, neck. So that's bad. right. That's what I'm saying. So, so true. So that's why it winds up over the last year, we've seen people really with more issues from a pelvic floor perspective. So I would say to this listener, if it's something that aesthetically bothers you, then the best thing to do is just get get it removed, feel really sexy about yourself, and then I can get you in, into the anal world. If all that doesn't bother you, start with using toys, create a program to get yourself into a good space so that you can engage. And if during those toys, you start having irritation or issues with the hemorrhoid, then clearly we need to do something surgically. And so maybe this is the same advice, maybe not, for another one of our listeners who says, Hi, I'm Steven. I'm an active gay man, but I think I may have an anal fissure. How does surgery help? What's the recovery process like? And how long before I can have sex again? Ouch. Sorry, Steven. (laughs) Ouch is right. So fissures are like the most common ailment that I deal with. And the old school methodology is to actually cut the muscle to relax the muscle and allow the fissure to be non-issue. But that's really in the heterosexual, non-kind of anal world. I haven't done a sphincterotomy, which is cutting muscle in 12 years, because most don't need it. Now, in the sex world, the issue is, is that that fissure, that cut creates scar tissue. And the scar tissue is very, very weak. So every time you shit where you try to have sex, the scar tissue tears. And so what really needs to happen if it's this chronic issue is you need to remove all of that scar tissue so that now it's healthy, healthy tissue in the area. I use a lot of Botox to relax people, people that want to engage, but their muscles are too tight or people that have these fissures. What is so, it? What is a fissure, by the way? I'm just going to interrupt you for a second. Yeah, it, it's a cut that happens in those fragile skin areas. Most of the time, it's towards the tailbone. A lot of times, it's also to the front. And that's where we wipe the most, right? Front mm-hmm. to back. And that tissue is the thinnest in anybody's ass. So sometimes just from pooping or from sex, the sp- it splits. And then it takes time for it to heal. Now, a lot of times the way it heals is with extra scar tissue. And Mm. that scar tissue is very, very weak. So now you try to have sex, it tears. And it just becomes this vicious cycle. So what you need to do is remove that scar tissue, any extra skin buildup, give Botox into the muscles to fully relax the muscles, and then get him into a great space. My surgery is about 30 minutes. They're sleeping under sedation. You are in pain for about three days. And with that said, uh, most people tell me it's no different than a normal fissure issue. So if someone has an active fissure and it's that painful, that's what it feels like. Most people are exercising in about a week, are you know masturbating, whatever is vaginal sex, usually about a week or so. And then we allow things to heal. Most people are using toys at about six to eight weeks post-surgery and then fully bottoming at about three months. So it's a process, but the goal is to get you to where you need to be. 
You know, and a fissure is very painful. It sucks. Yeah, it sucks, totally. Well, you, you know, you've given us so much great information, and I could talk to you all day about people's assholes. Oh. Really. It's <laughs> really, you've, like, normalized the whole thing and made it a talkaboutable topic, which, you know, how many times oh, do you get thank that? Thank you. No, no, it's thank great. You, thank you. It's great. And, you know, it's great advice for straight women, for queer women, for anybody that, you know, straight men and for anyone that's looking to have any kind of anal sex and doesn't have anyone to talk about it to. So this is really important information. And I thank you. Oh, no, I thank you, too. I thank you, too. And if anybody needs, there's a lot of stuff that I do. I blog a lot on Medium. We do a lot of work in social media with Bespoke Surgical. Um, so check that out. Obviously, Future Method is really my passion in terms of a lot of different great products to support all communities. Obviously, we spoke of the anal douche. We also have an exfoliant for afterplay that cares for it, soothes it, and then a, a really great lotion that helps like a first aid to the ass post-sex. A lot of people use it even before because it smells so great. And we have a lot of products in the pipeline that are really bridging the gap between science and sex and kind of now really bringing in the medical side of what I do so that people can engage the way that they want to. So thank you so much for having me. Anytime you want to talk about ass, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all, all ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're my go-to for first aid to the ass. Absolutely. Oh, perfect, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so can you just tell people your website and spell it out for them? So uh, Bespoke Surgical, B as in boy, E as in Edward, S as in Sam, P-O-K-E, surgical.com is my practice. Online, same thing, Instagram. You can follow me with my crazy partner and two twin boys on Dr. Dr. Evan Goldstein. It's like ass and then kids. It's then <laughs> ass and then kids. And then obviously we spoke about the medium. And then I think the handle for Future Method is the Future Method on Instagram or futuremethod.com online. Awesome. Well, you heard it here, folks. Take care of your ass. It's very important. And it's a delicate but very rugged and resilient area. And if you need help with it, go to drevangoldstein.com. Until next time, I'm Dr. Tammy. Contact me at thetroubleofsex.com if you want your questions answered on the next episode. Until then, stay healthy, stay well, stay sexy. I'm Dr. Tammy. This episode was brought to you by Uberlube. Have a question about your relationship, your sex life, or sexual wellness? Visit thetroublewithsex.com and click on Ask Dr. Tammy to send me your question. For sex-positive tips, live events, and updates, join my mailing list and follow us at The Trouble With Sex on Instagram. The Trouble With Sex is produced by Brandy Savitt and Jane Applegate. Our audio is designed by Flavor Lab, New York City. This episode was recorded by Bruce Hirschfield and mixed by J.C. Chow. Music by Bruce Hirschfield. Hey.